0: Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Coming up this hour, we'll have for you Hashtag Taiwan. Leslie Liao will be looking into some of the uh, top stories that are lighting up the internet here in Taiwan. Also, we'll have Chinese to go. It's a free Chinese lesson offered to you by RTI. And status update with John and Shirley. That's our interactive program in which they uh, read correspondence with you, the listener. All that and more in today's uh, programs here on RTI. But we're gonna start off with Here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, April 28th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio, we have Leslie Liao. Hello. Hello. We also have Andrew Ryan. Hello. <laughs> and in today's show, usually I go way over time on reading all the stories we're going to be talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in. Let's say I can do it in. 10 words or less.
2: You're running the clock, man. (laughs) Okay.
1: Fancy fish. That's two words. Uh Um, uh, UN watch list. That's like five. (laughs) UN counts as... EU, EU. EU, sorry. EU. See, I got it wrong. Uh, And then uh, uh, smart researcher. I'm up to seven. Solar eclipse and fires. Okay. All all that and more in today's... Very efficient. Uh, Here in Taiwan, I'm doing my best. All right, we're going to start off with uh, probably the more serious of the stories today. Um, Over the weekend, we learned um, that there was a fire which killed five people in Taipei City. It was at a KTV joint. Basically, that's... uh, a big building where they have a lot of rooms uh, in which people can sing karaoke. Mm. Um, and this is actually a place that I had actually gone to before to what? sing karaoke. Yeah, I
2: actually think I've been there before too as well.
1: Yeah. It's the uh, Party World on uh, Linsen. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a popular chain. It's um, I had originally thought it was pretty well uh, thought of. They're pretty nice. They're above Gen- ground, yeah. you know. It's not a kind of a scary, dark place. Uh, unfortunately, um, they had a number of problems with their um, systems, their safety systems connected to detecting fires, um, which had apparently been switched off. An investigation is still underway, so we don't want to really talk too much about the cause of the this tragic fire. Uh, what I did want to talk about is the number of fires that have been reported in Taipei over the last three years, uh, from 2017 to 2019. There were a total of uh, 3,878 fires that were reported in that period of time. Um, And uh, just I want to give you an idea of what kinds of fires these were, uh, just so that people can kind of keep that in mind. Um, The, uh, I guess, 15 of the fatalities, so about a third of them, just over a third of them, were caused by electrical fires so that would be a similar and actually no this one they're saying it was smoke was coming from uh, a storage room again we don't know yes not yet yet what caused it
2: however there was uh that they were doing maintenance work on the building and they removed the ceiling like kind of rafters so that um allowed the smoke to travel that much quickly through the building
1: okay all right so it was connected to work that they were doing on the building Um, Now, 66% of all the fires over the last three years were caused by home cooking equipment. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. The second leading cause of fires uh, were due to electrical problems, which we mentioned already. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think the third major cause of fires uh, was in the last three years?
2: Uh, Poorly removed discarded cigarette
1: butts. Have you read the story? I have not. Is that is that what it is? <laughs> Leslie, now you're on fire, man. <laughs> Sorry, was that inappropriate? Uh, you were, th- that, was a, that was exactly what it was. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, I mean, that's something, these are things that we should kind of be careful about. Um, another thing, it says, uh, in terms of the number of deaths, uh, sadly, suicide by fire caused nine of those deaths. Oh, so no. nearly a quarter of them, Uh, Cigarette butts uh, that were discarded uh, caused six deaths. Um, But interestingly enough, gas-powered home cooking equipment fires, uh, which you might think might be a thing, actually only caused one death. So uh, I guess just looking at the figures and the numbers, it kind of gives you an idea of the things that we need to kind of watch out for um, and I know that a big investigation is going to go into this fire that occurred um, at the party world.
2: Lots of issues, lots of inconsistencies. Um, I think the managers of the building have already been charged with, uh, what is it, negligent homicide? Yeah. yeah, so
1: three people were taken into custody. A lot of people were questioned. I think over 20 people were questioned. Mm. The three in custody, um, the, bol- the bail, I guess, for them, if they want to post bail, is about 250000 Taiwan dollars that's yeah. uh, just over eight thousand US. Uh looks like the authorities are definitely taking this very, very seriously. Mm. Okay, so from fire we're gonna go on to uh fishing. They both begin with F, I, uh, yeah, and that's about it. Good connection. <laughs> Good connection. Um. Yes, uh, I will not continue discussing the connections between the two because then we're going to start talking about cooking, and that's totally inappropriate. So let's talk about uh, this EU fishery watch list, which I uh, incorrectly called the UN watch list. Um, basically, uh, the EU and the UN actually does this too, I think. Mm-hmm. They put different countries on a watch list if there are... Uh, irregularities in the way they catch their fish or kind of uh, the way they treat workers on fishing boats, the types of fish they catch, things like that. So uh, Taiwan recently had um, some good news in this department.
2: We did. Um, Last Thursday, the EU actually announced that Taiwan was being taken off their uh, watch list for um, insufficient cooperation in combating illegal underreported and uh, unregulated fishing. Now,
1: so they were on the list for that. Yeah, they were taken off because they were no longer doing that. Yes, because okay.
2: the, uh, it's been improved. And we've been on Taiwan's been on that list since October of 2015. Okay. Now, um, you know, Taiwan is very proud of its fishing industry. There's a lot of fishing going on. Actually, in a post that Tsai Ing-wen made about she was being very happy about being removed, she said. Taiwan's fishery exports. Do you want to guess the value, Andrew?
1: Ooh, oh, must be in the millions of U.S. dollars. Yeah, Um, I don't know how much.
2: Uh, Forty billion New Taiwan dollars. So it's actually over a a billion billion U.S. industry. Oh
1: wow! Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, we have a lot of uh, long. Like, if you ever go up to a mountain. In mm-hmm. Taiwan, and you look out over the coast, you'll see a bunch of lights, right? Mm. And then those lights are actually fishing vessels out there. But it's not just like a, domest- a domestic fishing industry. They all there's also like what's it called the long haul long haul yeah. ones. Yeah, they go to like the Pacific nations. Uh, there's like Mauritius. They go really far, even as far as like South America, I think, mm-hmm. to go haul the fish. Unfortunately, like you said, um, there are you know labor. Issues, and yeah, not just that, but sustainability issues as well.
1: So, uh, basically, they're trying to regulate where they catch fish, mm. what kinds of fish they catch, um, and how they treat the workers on board. I know that a vast majority of the uh fishermen on, and they are all men, yes, on Taiwanese vessels are not from Taiwan, a lot of them are from Southeast Asian countries, uh, largely from places like Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, so what have they found? We've made some strides in some of these areas. So,
2: yeah. So what happened was, uh, since 2015, when Taiwan was put on that list, Taiwan was like, uh-uh, they, we, the government wasn't having any of it. So they amended three fisheries laws. They raised fines for illegal fishing. They launched a monitor, like a central monitoring and control and surveillance system. So they- keep very close track of what fish uh what boats go out what boats come in what's their haul and i guess they do very um close examinations of these boats when they come in to make sure that uh everything's legit all the fish that they take in they're of the right size they're of the right maturity and nothing no no contraband is coming in and um they have just really upped uh, the quality of the Coast Guard and, and the inspectors here in Taiwan.
1: That's going to be so hard to monitor when you consider that a lot of the activity happens out on the open seas. Um, I know uh, certainly they're trading fish as well, uh, yeah. selling fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really hard to monitor when they're not you know, physically in or near Taiwan. Uh, I would love to see how they do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is, I think this is good news. This is really good news. Yes. Um, a lot of it uh, ends up, I think being all about like kind of controlling, um, you know, self monitoring and self control. Um, Have you ever been on a fishing boat?
2: I have. Not a long-haul fishing boat, Mm. but I've gone fishing before.
1: Mm. Are you a good fisherman?
2: I'm not. I'm a lucky (laughs) fisherman, but I'm not a good fisherman.
1: I'm a terrible fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) I actually went on uh, one of the fishing vessels um, in uh, northeastern Taiwan in in Jilong. is where a lot of the boats leave from. Fun. Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) yes and no. So I was doing a story on um, Indonesian fishermen, Mm -hmm. and the boat that did allow us to go on board is probably one of the better boats and still like super cramped quarters. Um, The berths are just tiny um, and the space to move around on the boats, not great. Um, So, I I mean, I hope that they are well, you know, compensated for their work and taken care of. Um, But I know that probably the situation is not as good as we, what we saw. Um, So hopefully, you know, you know, these these situations will continue to improve.
2: How long were you out at sea for?
1: Oh, I wasn't out at sea. I was just oh, I just boarded the boat. You were just on the boat. Just it was like tied in a harbor. harbor yes. It was it was not out there. Yeah. Um so I wanna kinda of segue into another fishing related story. Yes. This is very uh, different from what you're talking about here with the EU watch list. Um this is a time of the year when the tuna are, are, you know, popularly caught um and the big Delicious tuna are prized and often, you know, command a very, very large price at markets. Mm-hmm. So tell us, I, I guess there was a, 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 a an award winning, a record breaking fish.
2: Yes. So what happened is it's bluefin tuna season. And if you didn't know, you know, Japan is not the only country that does fish very well. Taiwan, mm-hmm. you know, they share the same water. So I guess the fish ride the same currents. And that gives Taiwan an opportunity to catch some of the very good uh, product. Anyway, in Elan County, um, it's always traditional to have the first uh, catch of the season mm-hmm. of uh, which of bluefin tuna and auction it off, and it's ex- it's always expected to reach a very high price. But this year, it reached a record-breaking price. So it was a two hundred kilogram tuna, and it sold for two million New Taiwan dollars, which is about whoa yeah sixty six thousand five hundred u.s dollars approximately oh wow you do the math that's about ten thousand new taiwan dollars per kilogram or about three hundred dollars per, per kilogram wow. and uh in order to qualify as the first cast first catch of the season there are stipulations would you believe that uh the boat that catches the bluefin tuna it has to be caught on a legally registered uh, vessel in taiwan and it must be the first a boat to return to port with a bluefin weighing at least 180 kilograms.
1: At least 180 kg. Ki- yeah. That's a big fish. It's humongous, man. I mean, that's like several of me. That's <laughs> <laughs>
2: about two, three of me. I yeah, think. yeah, 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 for sure. So um, bidding started at 7,000 New Taiwan dollars uh, per kilogram, and it closed at 10,000, which is a historic high. For-
1: do we know who bought it?
2: Oh, we do not. I think that's it's probably the kind of <laughs> the part of the mystery, right? It's like it's like whoever wins the lottery right. The, right. People like to stay anonymous. Um the last time they they sold the fish for about nine thousand. okay. The first catch of the season for about nine thousand new town dollars per kilogram.
1: So is this the h- highest price it's ever commanded
2: for per kilogram?
1: Yes okay well wow.
2: like as, as far as total price goes there have been heavier fish
1: okay gotcha so, yeah. wow that's incredible and i know that they probably uh, chopped this up for uh sashimi i mean you would want to eat this raw for sure probably It'd the quality a... of fish yeah um i do want to just uh, toss a word out there for our ecologist friends um certainly uh fishing mass fishing of large massive beasts like this is probably not the best thing for the oceans I'm not sure how sustainable that is, and a lot of them actually, uh, conservationists consider them to be like the lions and tigers of the ocean. Uh, If you're looking for a sustainable fish, um, I would go for like shellfish or something much smaller.
2: Are are shellfish sustainable?
1: Uh, Some of them are much more sustainable, yeah. I would also look for um, algae or seaweed. Is definitely a good thing to eat from the oceans Um, by comparison. If you're comparing it with large fish um, like tuna, uh, I would go for other options. Very interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Uh, Something I don't know a whole lot about, but I think we should probably learn more about, especially since we live on an island. So I want to pause to tell you about an amazing researcher uh, who recently was honored. Um, her name is Ma Pei, and she is a Taiwanese American astrophysicist. Uh, with some, I know seriously. I'm looking at the things that she studies. Uh, tell me, do you understand any of these things? Uh, she's a cosmologist and astrophysicist who studies dark matter and dark energy, which sounds super exciting. <laughs> mm, I, I you
2: well, know, like i'm a huge space nut yeah so like i watch space documentaries so these do make some sort of semblance of sense to me if only marginally
1: okay so cosmic microwave background yeah Uh, i know i know i know microwaves for cooking food uh gravitational lensing galaxy formation and evolution that sounds super cool Supermassive black holes and the large-scale structure of the universe that's so cool So she was um, selected, she's actually been elected to the American Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is a 240-year-old organization that honors the most accomplished artists, scholars, and scientists and leaders in the United States. Um, Now, what is she known for? Perhaps most, according to UC Berkeley, from 2011 to 2016, she led the teams that discovered several of the largest known black holes in the universe. How amazing is that?
2: That's 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 groundbreaking. That's it, a massive it, deal. It is
1: a massive, massive deal. Uh, she's among nine faculty members of UC Berkeley, 276 people nationwide, elected this year to the uh, American Academy of Arts and Sciences. Um, I know this is probably stereotyping but i can't resist it guess what high school she went to
2: um Beinu.
1: yep she went to the number one <laughs> taipei number one girls high school um and or taipei first girls senior high school which is known as being the top uh high school for uh women in taiwan uh where do you think she went to school in the u.s
2: oh
1: have no uh, she went to MIT oh okay that, there you go that's a close second <laughs> she got a bachelor's of science uh, degree in physics and then a PhD in physics uh, in 1993 uh, yeah super smart um, and kind of fun to be able to feature someone if only briefly that's in, awesome here in Taiwan yeah yeah <laughs> All right, we're going to end today with uh, something uh, cosmological. (laughs) I think cosmetology is like makeup. That is makeup, you're right. Cosmological. Um, The solar eclipse, apparently there's going to be a solar eclipse, and there's going to be a watch party in Taidong, which is in southeastern Taiwan.
2: So an annual solar eclipse will take place on this year's summer solstice on June 21st. Now, annual means, you know, the moon passes the sun, but at the angle it's going to occur at this year, it will be visible from Taitung County. And the Taitung County government is working to actually have an event, a watch party for that. The eclipse apparently is going to last for two and a half hours, which I didn't realize they would last that long.
1: So, the full darkness doesn't last that long. Okay. So, it kind of dims a little bit uh, and then gets brighter. Yeah. So, they well, say. And then gets completely dark and then it gets lighter again. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. So, they say that the people in parts of Yunling, Jiayi, Tainan, Kaohsiung, Nantou, Hualin and Taidong can see this, but Taidong doesn't have the best visibility. 94% dark at its peak, and it won't occur in Taiwan again, this eclipse until
1: 2070 Ooh, yeah that's i don't a long think we're gonna time. be around
2: i don't plan on being around
1: <laughs> yeah uh that is 50 years away Definitely you'll, you'll be around out. come on what are you talking about if
2: modern medicine keeps pace
1: maybe <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining us for here in taiwan i'm andrew ryan i'm leslie leo and we'll see you uh, in Taidong. Oh, wait yeah. that's june 21st i'll see you there we'll start planning now all
2: right <laughs>
0: Chinese to
3: go. Real Chinese for real people. Dig in.
0: Welcome to Chinese to Go, the program where you learn authentic Chinese, the Chinese we use in real life in Taiwan. Because of the COVID-19 outbreak, wearing a face mask is mandatory when taking public transportation in Taiwan. Violators will be fined. Let's listen to a conversation. I want to get some face masks. Do you have any suggestions? If you need to visit a hospital, you must wear a surgical mask. Throw it in a trash can after you use it. Is there anything else that I need to pay attention to? 如果你在通风环境或开放空间, 其实可以不需要戴口罩. If you stay in well-ventilated or open areas, there is no need to wear a face mask. 可以用布口罩吗? 有效吗? Can I use a cloth face mask? Is it effective? 有些布口罩有效, some cloth face masks are effective. Alright, let's begin with the first sentence. Wo Yao I want to get some face mask. Wo I Yao. here it means to want. 买, to buy to get. Ko zhao. Face mask is some Niosoma 你有什么建议吗? Do you have any suggestions? 你, you, you, to have. 什么, what? 建议, a suggestion. 如果你要去医院, if you need to visit a hospital. 如果, if, 去, to go to visit Yuen Hospital. Ni You must wear a surgical mask. Ni must. 戴, to wear. 外科口罩, a surgical mask. 用完丢垃圾桶. 用完丢垃圾桶. Throw it in the trash can. After you use it. Yung, to use. One here means to finish. When you finish using it. Dil, to throw away. Le se tong, a trash can. Le se, trash. Tong, a can. Hyo, shema, chita yal, chu yi de defang na? Hyo, shema, chita yal, chu yi de defang na? Is there anything else that I need to pay attention to? 还有什么? Is there anything else? 注意, to pay attention to. 地方, usually it means places, but here it means things. 如果你在通风环境或开放空间,其实可以不需要戴口罩。If you stay in well-ventilated or open areas, there is no need to wear a face mask. 如果, If Tong 通风, Well Ventilated Tong a well ventilated environment Kai Kong open areas Bu no need 戴口罩, Ko To wear a face mask 可以用布口罩吗?有效吗? Xiao Can I use a cloth face mask? Is it effective cloth cloth face mask Yo 有效, effective Yo ma is it effective 有些布口罩有效. some cloth face masks are effective before we end today's program let's listen to the conversation at slow speed. 我要去买一些口罩,你有什么建议吗? 可以用布口罩吗?有效吗? and welcome to Hashtag
2: Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. On this week's program, we're going to be talking about an online alliance that Taiwan formed with netizens in Thailand and Hong Kong. It's a great story, and you won't want to miss it. All that and more coming up next on Hashtag Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Thailand. Oftentimes, people get Taiwan and Thailand mixed up. There are even features and graphics online explaining the differences between the two. However, recently Taiwan and Thailand have put aside their differences and joined forces online. Why? Buckle up. This is a Thai actor. His name is Bright. And this is his girlfriend who goes by the nickname Nu. Recently, Bright retweeted a photo of Hong Kong and he called the city a country. Chinese netizens didn't like that and started attacking Bright on social media. But Thai netizens came to Bryce's defense saying that he didn't do anything wrong. Chinese netizens went a step further and uncovered a photo of when Nu went to Taiwan in 2017. There's a whole back and forth here, but the only thing you really need to know is that Nu said she was trying to go for a Taiwanese style of fashion. <sighs> Chinese netizens didn't like that. They didn't like that one bit and then there were arguments, back and forths, insults, memes were being thrown around. If you've ever been on the internet, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I don't want to talk about the arguments today. If you want to see more of that, just flip through a YouTube comment section. Instead, I do want to focus on this. Thailand, Taiwan, and Hong Kong have banded together and formed the Milk Tea Alliance. The name comes from a mutual like for milk tea, with each place having their own distinct interpretation of the beverage. The Milk Tea Alliance started as a unified pushback against Chinese netizens, but since then it's evolved into something much more than that. It's caught the attention of Hong Kong activist Joshua Wong, and even the Ministry of Foreign Affairs put hashtag milk tea Partnership in a post commemorating a face mask donation to Thailand. When Taoyuan city mayor Tsun Wen-chan donated medical equipment to Thailand, they celebrated the occasion by drinking milk tea. The Taiwanese officials drank Thai milk tea and the Thai officials drank Taiwanese milk tea. Isn't that beautiful? The art surrounding the Milk Tea Alliance is absolutely adorable. You have beverages turned into cartoons or straight-up humanized versions of milk tea from each country. Finally, the Leslie Liao pick of the week. Twitter user Sad Sad Potato posted this image. This is a flag, apparently, of the Milk Tea Alliance with different colors representing the milk teas from the different parts of the alliance. Hey, I like subtlety sometimes. Anyway, that's all I have for this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, and Natalie and Andrew, stay away from each other, but maybe have some milk
1: tea.
0: I wouldn't mind some milk tea right now. It sounds great.
1: How about a virtual cheers, Leslie? (laughs) (laughs) This, this is, is Status, status
4: update. update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. We're going to get to your letters, the letters that you write us to let us know what programs you heard from RTI and what you think about those programs, good or bad. And um, But uh, first off, though, we're going to start off with updating our own personal uh Personal status update. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, because of social distancing, we've been limiting the number of people that come into work each day. Yep. So, like, for the English service, I mean, if all of us were here, it would have been six, and that's too many
3: in a small space. Well, we that's, have a big space. We've moved into a larger office <laughs> <laughs> lately, yeah. but it's still um, yeah. more than is probably recommended. Right.
4: And so um, I only actually come in like maybe two times a week now to work. And so on other days when I have off, I try to get out of the city, you know. Mm. And so um, uh, re- lately, um, my husband and I, John. Yes, my husband is called, also called John. Um, no relation. No. Um, we, along with two other couples, we uh, decided to get in our car. And we drove out to uh, the northeast coast um, to the Longdong Bay. Yeah. And um, it was very nice. Uh, well, first of all, we um, had... Do all
3: stand more than a meter apart? That's a lot. That's six people as well, isn't it?
4: Oh Well, <laughs> in the car, we all made sure that we wore our uh, masks. Okay. And we had our windows open. So anyway, <laughs> we try because, I mean, what can right. you do? You can't really social distance yourself in a car. Right. But anyway, um, we f- first off had some seafood at a very nice restaurant right by the coast. Then uh, we wanted to drive around and then we saw this uh Longdong bay i think it's some kind of recreation center and apparently it's got and it's right by the coast um there's lodging uh there are restaurants there are recreational um you know activities oh there's even like a place for holding weddings like they wow. have this sort of like a a, a, a oh gosh what do you call it Um, a gazebo, kind Mm -hmm. of, and it had, like, a bell, you know, hanging from it. And so, yeah, people were able to hold weddings there and outdoors. Mostly
3: digital these days, most of the guests.
4: Oh, I know. And then um, there are these restaurants for the wedding banquet. Mm. But so when we arrived there, we were, like, the only ones there. I'm sure. And it was still open, and (sighs) uh, you had to pay um, to get in. (laughs) So they can, like, buy, buy persons. Right. And you have to pay for the car. The parks. <laughs> yeah, to park. I was all right, fine, we'll pay. And um, we were, they, they said um, that the cafe is open. You can order coffee or tea. Hmm. Uh, in the beginning, we couldn't find it. We were thinking, was it closed? I mean, then I thought, no, it must be open. Otherwise, they wouldn't admit admitted us, you know. Right. But uh, uh, anyway, well, actually, before we start looking for the cafe, um, we just drove to the very end of the recreation area. And there's all these yachts. Docked there. Fancy. Yeah. And um, well, actually, they're not the fancy ones, though. Although Taiwan is one of the biggest manufacturers of leisure yachts, like these, yeah, really nice yachts. But um, and yeah, so I, of course, Taiwanese people get to keep yachts.
3: But I think apparently, very few people have. No. Though. I mean, where are you going to keep one?
4: I, I know. It's kind of hard. And also, you have to have a license, in mm. you know, order to own a yacht. And we were walking around looking at all the yachts, and we were going like, oh, I'll buy that one. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, John, you can have that one and yes. the of thing. We'll have, and our, then,
3: we'll have a fantastic wine list. I
4: know. Yeah. And I said, no, I want a double-decker. A double-decker. <laughs> because I want to be able to be able to sit, get under, underneath the boat. Uh, the, the bottom level, and then, like, you know, I have cheese and wine, you know, that kind of thing. Jeeves, more wine. Please. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> but apparently, there were some yachts there, and they weren't the kinds that I was thinking of. Um, they have a lower deck, but they're more for just uh, lying down and having a nap because it's not tall enough for you to sit upright. You see, that sounds like a very unpleasant yacht. <laughs> yeah, I guess you wouldn't call them a real, no, they, not not fancy kind of yacht. It sounds more like a canoe. <laughs> uh, no, it's better than that. And, I'll be sure
3: to join you in the Hamptons.
4: <laughs> you know. Anyway, so I didn't find any that I like. Although there was one yacht with a sign for sale, yeah, and it had a mobile number, and so one of our friends called. And pretend that we were interested in the boat and ask for the price and that
3: kind of stuff. But we um, got them all excited, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding.
4: I know, really. He was saying something like, you know, if it's if you have a license, then it's one price. If you don't have a license, a different price. Well, if you don't have a license, you can't use it. Then you can't use it. So So, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Or maybe a license for fishing? Maybe because it seems like most of those yachts were like for fishing. Hmm. Then we went to the cafe. We were the only ones there, the six of us, and uh, we decided to get coffee or tea, and and then we sat right in a row outside a cafe overlooking the ocean. Wow. And, and, did you
3: manage to get out there before? Because uh, the weather did take kind of an unpleasant it, turn lately.
4: Yeah, it was a cloudy day. We asked the shopkeeper at the coffee shop, we we're, were the only ones who were there. She said, well, you're the third group of
3: people who, you know, showed up at that place. That's actually uh, better than I imagined then. Yeah. Because I've heard that actually, even though like places like movie theaters are still allowed to be open, the first movie theater in Taiwan to shut down has just uh, announced that it's shutting down for three months to do renovations because no one's showing up. God, I thought they shut down for good. (laughs) They're getting less than 100 customers a day. I mean, people Uh are... Some people... But are people bit, are going. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are also playing it safe, so...
4: Yeah, well, my husband and I, we're, we're incredible moviegoers. But even at a time like this, my husband's not going. I'm kind of, he he actually would go, like, you know, at least once every week by really? himself to the movie theaters. Wow. Yes. <laughs> he just loves I didn't there are that
3: many good releases out lately.
4: Yeah, well... It, they don't have to be I mean I'm very picky about the movies I watch but right. he could go for anything he just watches anything yeah oh. horror movies oh. or you know those um, yeah um, I don't know uh,
3: he watches anything
4: yeah watches anything and so I'm not into those <laughs> but anyway yeah that's why my my, my son is studying movies okay <laughs> it's in film yeah we all we're a whole family of movie goes. but anyway so that was actually very nice just to get out of the city and I know that for a couple of the wives you know um she hasn't been out of the house for too long and she was got like, going crazy so oh, no. it was a great time for her. Okay. And she was thought the food was awesome. Everything was just awesome. Well know? there's no
3: way there's no better place to get seafood than by the ocean, is there?
4: Yeah, they're so fresh. I mean ideally, well I don't know if you've heard me say, this restaurant was actually my parents' favorite. Oh. They said it, it's like the best seafood restaurant so they in the world.
3: It. Wow. <laughs> well, hopefully they can stay open then.
4: That's a... Yeah, I think they're doing good. It's a family-run um, um, restaurant. Like two or three brothers kind of like run the restaurant together yeah. with their wives. So, yeah, it's it's very popular even at a time like this. That's, that's yes, good sir. to
3: know. I mean, people are still going about their lives, fortunately. Yeah, I, I really hope we can keep this up. I hope so, too.
4: I, I got the feeling that are we going to be like wearing masks forever when we go out in
3: public, you know? I, I think, well, and so what I've heard, and it's it's concerning, is like, this could go away. We could flatten this curve, but then it could come back.
4: Yeah, that's a thing. Know. So we need a vaccine, and I think yeah. we should all eventually be all tested for you know, I know, the virus. You, you don't know if you have it or yeah, not. A lot right. of times, so so. I right. think we're okay for now. For now, for now, we're holding on. Yes, and for now, we're and gonna we hope get that
3: to All of you are too.
4: Yeah, do write us. Let us know what you how you know, how you're doing during this uh, this time. We also want to hear about that. So, um, yes. Yeah, so let's get to your letters. Uh, Again, we just love to hear from you. Do write us our address and note it down. It's
3: PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. You can also reach us by email. Our address is rti at rti.org.tw. Of course, we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Find us there and leave us a comment. Yes, leave us comments. Okay, so this letter
4: here is coming to us from Aaron Tu of the Philippines. And it says, hello to Shirley. And all of you at RTI. I'm Aaron Tu from Manila, Philippines. Due to the lockdown imposed in the Philippines, one bright side of this pandemic is that now all have to stay home. Yeah, one bright side. And one hobby that I can do now is listen frequently to shortwave radio. There you go. We're here to entertain. Hey. And during the morning, is listening to RTI, which most of the time has nice reception in my place. Oh, that's good to know. For my reception report, I'm using a Texan S2000 radio with telescopic antenna. I'm listening the broadcast from Manila, Philippines on April 14th at 0300-0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Simple rating is 35433. I guess it could be a little bit better. Which, by the way, on that day, the reception is not great. Oh, okay. I love to listen to all of the programs on RTI and listen to songs on Jukebox Republic. Um... At the end of March, I heard on the show and also Stroke of Light uh, by Jake Chen. Uh, he, I hear that he was leaving. Well, actually, he has already left us and gone on to greener um, pastures, <sighs> yes. And uh, I wish him all the best. Yes, we wish him all the best, too. Uh, we're still in touch with him. I hope that my reception report will be acknowledged with the qsr verification card. Well, no problem. I wish you all good. Health and happiness was same to you. Let's stay strong and fight the epidemic. And that was, again, Aaron Tew of the Philippines.
3: We have a letter here from the Isle of Wight in the UK. This comes to us from our listener there, Alan Holder. It says, Dear friends, I hope that everyone at the station continues to remain healthy during this current pandemic. The topic of the COVID-19 virus remains a number one story on local and, and international media. Lately, I've been trying to avoid much of the news about it, as it's so depressing to hear the daily statistics and about those who have sadly lost their lives. I'm sure that many people will, uh, have, or will develop mental health problems because of the situation we find ourselves in right now. Here on the Isle of Wight, out of a population of about 142,000, we have so far 53 confirmed cases of infection, but 13 people have recovered. Currently, being at home for much of the time under lockdown, I still go out to do my weekly food shopping and for walks in my locality. Ordering groceries online and having them delivered to my door is now impossible, as supermarkets are focusing on delivering them only to the most vulnerable customers. The subject of wearing face masks continues to be a regular topic in your programs. I have seen statistics compiled by a university in Glasgow, Scotland, which clearly showed the number of deaths from the virus in low-mask-wearing cultures is much higher than is the case in high-mask-wearing cultures such as Taiwan. Yet, we are still being told by the World Health Organization and by the UK government advisors that masks are not really effective. They maintain that hand washing and social distancing are the best methods for preventing the spread of the virus. Well, that's enough of COVID 19, and now for a few comments on your programs. Last week, Taiwan Today had a report on new immigrants and migrant workers in your country, which I found interesting. Taiwan Explained is another program I try not to miss. When I listened recently, I found out that Taiwan is not a fully-fledged member of the World Health Organization, which is surprising. Um, if you know about our uh, track record with international organizations, I, I think uh, we're sort of left out of everything. Mm, That's um, right. Not the Olympics, though. No. We're, we're, we have an uh, Under Olympic a committee. different name. Yeah. Well, we at least yeah. have that. Yes. Um, I also enjoyed an edition of Time Traveler, which focused on the port of Kaohsiung and the former British consulate building. Taiwan by number always informs and educates with a wealth of interesting facts and figures about your country. Recently, it was good to hear about some of the heroes of the current pandemic. Another show I enjoyed gave some information about the annual tomb sweeping festival event celebrated in some East Asian countries that practice ancestral worship. Please continue with the good work you all do in providing us with such informative and entertaining broadcasts. And, uh, there is some reception information as well. This is about our April 14th program. Uh, heard from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kilohertz. Um, Again, we don't broadcast directly to Europe these days, but uh, the Simpo was 25442, so quite a mixed bag Mm -hmm. there. A generally weak signal on some days interference from Overcomer Radio USA via relay in Bulgaria on 9400 kHz. And this broadcast had the news, followed by here in Taiwan, Chinese to go, hashtag Taiwan, and a status update with us mm. <laughs> so thanks very much that comes to us once again from Alan Holder in the UK and uh, we hope that things there calm down okay well uh, this one
4: here I got in my hand it's a handwritten letter from Ragu A of India he listened on I think April 15th it was and uh, at 9405 kilohertz simple rating was 5 across the board that's great and um, let's see here He heard. I guess maybe that's a Chinese to go Chinese lesson, or maybe this could have been um, Carlson Wong's. uh, um, What is it now? On the line. No. Jade bells and jade bells. Yes, right of uh, traditional Chinese music here. And uh, let's see here. Under comments, it says, Dear RTI, how are you? I heard through TV news that Taiwan and China are safe from COVID-19. Well, uh, I wouldn't say safe, but
3: (laughs) we are in Taiwan anyway. We are doing our best. Yes. I think it's working so far. That is right.
4: And it says here, I missed listening to you for a certain period of time. Sorry about that, because I dismantled my shack for renovation of my house. Now, everything is good. I write to you regularly. And thank you for your nice propagation. Never miss you. You uh, miss your programs. God bless you. Again, thanks for the beautiful signal. I imagined Dragon Dance from Jackie Chen Films about uh, the musical. Okay, and it's got cut off at the end of the letter. Well, anyway, thank you for the details. That was, again, Raghu A. of
3: India. We've got a, a report here for the period from April 2nd to 17th from Brian Newell, our listener in Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S. Uh, there's a letter attached. It says, Dear RTI, two straight days with zero new cases of COVID-19. What wonderful news. We, we jinxed ourselves, I think, because not yeah. long after, um, unfortunately, a, a number of uh, sailors aboard a naval vessel that uh, turned out to have COVID-19. Yeah, that's um, true. And we're still waiting to hear. I think that they, because they, a lot of them didn't know they had it, they were asymptomatic, they mm. were allowed, they were given, I guess, shore leave and mm. uh, traveled to a lot of places, including a, a night market pretty close to where I live. Oh, okay. There's a website that you can look it up. Um, fortunately, nowhere around RTI. But anyway, uh, hopefully because I think they've traced everyone they were in contact with, hopefully they can keep that under control. So mm. we can have more days with zero cases. Anyway, it says, I hope that other countries in the world will be able to learn from the solid example Taiwan has set. Please do keep up the good work. Among the programs he listens to was an episode of In the Spotlight, where you interviewed somebody who looks like founded Little New York Pizza. Yeah, we've, we've tried his uh, pizza. I ordered it have once we? to the RTI. Oh, yeah. that was that? That was really good. Mm, yep. Okay, recommended. Has the John Seal of Approval. <laughs> uh, also, uh, a time traveler about the British consulate in Kaohsiung. And um, an episode of In the Spotlight, another one, this one with about, with a person called Claire Ho. Okay. And an episode of Feet's Meast West, which had a guest chef. Oh, <laughs> wow. So that's pretty exciting. I guess, like I said before, um, maybe Ellen got a little tired of Andrew's cooking. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's excellent. It's excellent.
4: Yeah, Uh, I know. It's a food program. All right. All right. So thank you
3: very much. That comes to us once again from Brian Newell in Logansport, Indiana, in the U.S.
4: Yes, and thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we certainly love to hear from you again and again and again. So do write us. Our address is PO Box 123 199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our
3: email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And please do remember that you can always Reach us on Facebook and YouTube. We look forward to seeing what you have to say there.
4: Until next week, I'm Shoddy Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye.
1: The Sound of the Amis Tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan.